Hey everyone, it's John Otterstead, Bobby Darren, Scarlet Nation Podcast, episode 16. And I know some of you are a little upset with us. We've been off for a few weeks. We ran into a technological glitch with the company who was recording our podcast for us. And every time we tried to record, there was something horrible that befell us and we couldn't use the recording. But we found a new company. We're trying it out this evening. We hope it works. And if it does, we'll be back on weekly and looking forward to bringing you more Scarlet Nation podcasts and some more talk about Rutgers football and now Rutgers basketball with the season starting. Bobby, I know we've had done this a few times in the past few weeks, but welcome back. Let's hope this one works. Hey, how you doing, John? Thanks for having me on again. Yeah. Now, Bobby, since we last talked, there's been some great changes in the world of Rutgers football. Things have been on an upswing. There's been a, a few victories, a uh, pretty decent game against Penn State. And so I wanted to start off just asking about your takeaways. Let's talk about those three wins, um, Illinois, Purdue, Maryland. Were those a sign that Rutgers is getting better, or perhaps is it a little difficult to tell because of the quality of the competition that Rutgers was playing? I think it's a definite sign they're getting better. I mean, you look at this team last year, what they would have done in those games, and, you know, it's just a different world. Uh, you know, the team was in games early. I know a lot of people, you know, kind of doubted the season because of that Eastern Michigan game, but take that out of the equation, and, and you know, you remove the Ohio State game, and Rutgers is in every game for a while, even though the, the score didn't really show it last week. But, you know, Rutgers was beating Penn State for about a quarter and a half. And, you know, the lack of passing offense obviously just caught up to them. But you can see they're really playing good defensive football. They're scheming really well. And, you know, sometimes it seems like the defense knows the plays before they're going to happen. You know, there's still room to to grow as far as talent and depth go on the defense. But they've really righted that side of the ball. I mean, let's not forget this was a team that gave up 78 points a year ago to Michigan. And, you know, they, they've come out and, and played with these teams in the Big Ten. So I think it's a definite sign of progress. And these games against Purdue, Maryland, and, and Illinois last year are games they lose. This year, these are the games that they do the things they needed to. And they're still winning despite having virtually no passing offense. They are 123rd in the nation in uh, passing offense. And, you know, the team, there's six teams below them. And I think pretty much all of them are, are teams that run the triple option. So, um, you know, you're you're winning with an offense that really has no no passing threat. Um, so th- it's really been a, a drastic improvement from year one to year two of the Chris Ash era. As injuries started to pile up on the defensive side of the ball, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop and for there really to be a, a downswing in terms of defensive production. I have two questions for you. How has the Rutgers defense improved like what has gone into that improvement over the past year and how have they been able to maintain that despite a couple key players going down well I I think a lot of it is you know their preparation how they're scheming for these things I talked to a lot of the guys and they said they're picking up on tendencies a lot better uh the film study 
uh, these guys are, are knowing they're, they're, they're being coached really well. They know where the play is going. Plus, you also have a lot of guys who've had a year in the system and they've gotten the, the chance to grow as a player physically. Um, you look at the defensive line, you have more size on that defensive line. Moving Kevin Wilkins to defensive end was just a great move because he's been so disruptive. You know, might not be the top of uh, the stat, might not be on the top of the stat sheet, but definitely is a player who's really creating havoc and has made a difference this year. You look at the linebackers, it's the second year starting for Deontay Roberts and Trevor Morris, who both are having very good years. Um, you know, this, the safety has been patchwork since some of the guys got hurt, but they're, they're finding a way to make it work. And I, I think they've built a little bit of depth. Um, they're better from a physical standpoint, but I think the biggest change is, is really those schematics that are going on. You really have to credit Chris Ash and, and defensive coordinator Jay Neiman for doing a great job of what they have. I definitely... You know, hang on to what you just said there with when you said it's with what they have, because I don't think that their talent stacks up against some of the teams they played against. But the coaching and their signs of that coaching is definitely there. And it makes me think about how Rutgers has played some teams in the past. And you think back to, uh, gosh, years ago when they were playing Cincinnati and Cincinnati was on their what their fourth string quarterback and still scoring points that sometimes when you have the right system and the right coaching staff, no matter who's up next, they're going to rise to the occasion and perform and it seems like Rutgers has a little bit of that going on the defensive side of the ball right now which you know from someone following the Scarlet Knight squad it's nice to see yeah and you know the defense it's it's I think that's where you're starting to see this team's identity is on the defensive side of the football and they're really building you know the team from 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 that core and if you can hang in those games without giving up a lot of points you give your ch- yourselves a chance to win but chris has said it jerry kill told me yesterday that that um you know you can't fix everything in one year so they, they fixed the defense up better than it was and, and the offense is still a work in progress running game you know has has been consistent but you know the, the next step on the rebuild is trying to find a way to fix that passing game all right well let's talk about the offensive side right now I want to go down and ask for actually each side of the ball, and I'm even going to ask for coaching, who your MVP of the season thus far is. So since you mentioned offense, let's talk about that first. If you were to pick one person, the person who stepped forward the most this year, caught your eye, someone who you feel that if Rutgers did not have that person this season perhaps would have taken a different turn. Who do you think that is? Offense, I have to go with Gus Edwards. I mean, he's just been a, a really a, a driving force in that backfield, and he's been able to punish defenses. And, and, you know, a couple guys have told me they've heard players on the other team getting up from, from tackling him and saying, wow, that guy really runs hard. Uh, you know, he's just been a difference maker and, and really good pickup on the grad transfer um, circuit for, for Chris Ash. So I'd have to go with Edwards. I mean, there's not been a much of dynamic – offensive plays this year you know uh, that's been well documented the receiving cores really had a tough year but uh Edwards has been a constant all season long I was surprised when they picked him up not because he was you know I, I always thought he was a good player but it seemed like Rutgers was set at running back given Robert Martin and Hicks and the younger guys they had coming in were you surprised when they picked him up no, I, I think that last year you saw actually 
you saw Justin Goodwin finish the year as a starter. So, uh, you know, the, the Robert Hicks and Josh or the Robert Martin and Josh Hicks thing was, was kind of their first two years. They were floods guys and, and Chris Ash came in and for whatever reasons, it really didn't work out with those guys. So they've needed a new starting running back because last year they finished the year with Justin Goodwin as their starter. And I wasn't surprised that he went out and got him. And, um, you know, he kind of just fit what they wanted to do, that Jerry Kill offense where he wants to pound the football. And it really has worked out well. Let's take a look over on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. So season isn't quite over yet, but definitely a good time to reflect on how the season's gone thus far. I know you said that it's been a great surprise to you. Who's that player, the heart and soul of the team, the person who has really earned your MVP thus far? You know, there's. I don't know if there's one MVP you can point to. You go down the defense, and I think there's a guy at each level. I, I think Kevin Wilkins is playing a really good football on in on the defensive line. Uh, he's just creating a lot of havoc, like I said earlier, and a big body there that really you know, it really makes a difference. And then you go to the second level, and I think Trevor Morris has had an outstanding year, really bounced back from last year when he did have a lot of tackles. But this year, I think his tackles are more meaningful. Uh, you know, he's getting them closer to the line of scrimmage and, and being a difference maker. And then you step back to the safety position, and Kai Hester, even though he's been hurt, he's really made a big step this year and shown a lot of progress. So I don't know if I can pinpoint one of those guys, but I would have to say, you know, there could be sort of co-MVPs and I'd prefer to pick one at each level of the defense, and uh, those would be my three picks. All right, last one, the coaching MVP. Every Hmm. year, not far from now, Rutgers fans have to worry that one of their top assistants are going to be poached by another team. If you're holding on to someone, who's it going to be? Good question. I mean, you know, you you look at the defensive side of the ball and you want to credit Jay Neiman for for scheming up things. But, you know, Chris Ash has a hand in that, too. Um, Again, I I think it's a shared responsibility. I don't think there's one guy that's been really head and shoulders above everybody else. I think it's been a good group effort. You know, Shane Burnham deserves a lot of credit for the defensive lines improvement. Uh, Jay Neiman also coaches the linebackers. So, you know, maybe I'd have to go with him if I had to pick one. Uh, Bill Bush in the secondary is making network with a bunch of different guys. So, I, I mean, you could pick really any one of those three guys on defense. You know, offense uh, is a work in progress. Again, you know, A.J. Blazik gets guys to play well. Um or Blazik, I should say. I'm so used to <laughs> saying uh, Ryan Blazik, the former Rutgers center for when he played. But um, he's, you know, done a great job, too, bringing some of the younger guys along. You know, still some work to do, but um, doing a good job of developing players. So, again, I don't know if I can just say, yeah, this is the guy that you really can single out is the top assistant coach. I'm surprised you didn't say anything about Jerry Kill because I put him above everyone else. We've talked about this on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Rutgers can't turn over their offensive coordinator again. Mm-hmm. It's just too many turnovers, too many times. They have to go. They picked one guy. Let's stick with him as long as we can. Do you think this team could survive if they have to change offensive coordinators again? No, I... Not that that's something I've heard any rumors <laughs> about, but I just say that's why I'd pick him. Oh, I agree. I, I just think it's tough to pick a guy as the top assistant when the passing offense is 123rd. Now, I know he doesn't have a ton to work with, but, you know, 123rd in the country doesn't scream, you know, the best assistant. But, um, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. He's a little handicapped with things, but uh, you definitely need to, to keep him around just for the continuity factor. You know, and talking to a lot of the offensive guys over the years, their one continual complaint was that, 
we have to learn a whole new system. So a new guy comes in, you spend all spring learning the system, then you spend all summer kind of putting it into action. You get a few games to get your feet wet in a new system. By the end of the season, you're starting to get it, and then all of a sudden the OC is gone and you have to do it all over again. So it really inhibited some progress from uh, from a lot of guys over the past almost better part of a decade. Now, I've seen some things that I like in Geo, and I think if you read the ScarletNation.com message board, people are split because, well, when Geo plays this year, the team has done better. And, you know, that passing offense has not come around. And the big question is, will it come around? And will it come around under Geo or perhaps someone like Jonathan Lewis or maybe one of the incoming freshmen is, you know, like Chapman or Sigtowski is, is going to be the person to bring them to that promised land. If you're yeah. Coach Ash right now, do you go for the incumbent, Geo, or do you bring Jonathan Lewis in some more, provided that he's healthy? Well, I, you know, in speaking to Jerry Kill yesterday, what he's going to do is, is put in Jonathan Lewis if there's situations that call for it. He's not going to replace Geo the last two games of the year. They've kind of said that. They've kind of, you know, stuck by it. And, and you're you're going to see Geo for the last two games unless he gets hurt. And, you know, if, if Jonathan might have some situational stuff that he does – but they're pretty much married to him for this the rest of this season. Now, beyond this season, who knows? Because another interesting thing Jerry Kill told me was that he wished he had all of his quarterbacks since the time he arrived, you know, for spring practice and all. I mean, think about it. Kyle Bolin wasn't here. Jonathan Lewis wasn't here. It was just Geo. Um, you also had, an, you know, going into that season, you had – uh, you know, Tylen Odin w- w- was around, you know, so you're thinking far back, um, it was a totally different dynamic in spring, spring practice. So by him saying that, it sounds like that this next year is going to be a lot of competition. I think it's going to be wide open. You're going to see those two young guys. You're going to see uh, Geo, like you said, the incumbent guy coming back. And Jonathan Lewis played a little this year, shows a lot of promise. So it's really going to be an interesting competition to have four guys like that uh, in the mix through spring and in the summer. You know, the, the freshmen coming in for the fall of 2018 intrigued me because you have Sikowski, who just throws one of the most beautiful balls that I've ever seen in person from a high school kid but who has not done it in games at the high school level. In fact, he is sitting behind a, uh, what is it, a Minnesota walk-on, future Minnesota walk-on at IMG Academy, which, you know, IMG Academy is just a stud-filled team. And no matter whether you're first string or second string, you're a good player. But, you know, that does make me think that perhaps he needs some time to adjust to the higher level of competition, whether it's at IMG or at Rutgers. Then you have Chapman, who is a little shorter. Um, I don't think he has that strong of an arm, but he puts the ball where it needs to go often, at least from his highlight tapes. Mm-hmm. He can move a bit. Uh, some people say he's a playmaker, and he makes the people around him better. I, I don't know. We got a lot of people coming in, a lot of people vying for that job. It seems like it's going to be fun to follow the Rutgers quarterbacks and that whole situation as it progresses over the next couple of years. Yeah, and you really have a lot of options, like you said, so it should be interesting, and, and it should be fun for the coaching staff because you have some talent there. It's not like, you know, who who are we going to throw out there by default? Uh, I haven't seen a, a Rutgers team in the last decade, you know, with this many quarterbacks coming in, you know, talented quarterbacks coming in to, to vie for the starting job. It's always been just really one guy, maybe two. So um, 
It, it should be an interesting dynamic. And, and the way they fix the defense this year, um, I think the agenda is to do that with the offense next year. So uh, there are promising signs because the coaching staff has done it on one side of the ball. Can they do it on the other? You know, that, that's what we're going to have to find out. Well, let's talk about the mood of the team going into Indiana. What are you seeing from being down at practice and listening on the conference calls and such? Uh, you know, it's still a team with a lot of confidence. They, you know, they hung in at Penn State. So I, I wouldn't, you know, take that loss as, as a setback, you know, on their part. Um, they know they still have a chance at a bowl game. And they know if they beat Indiana that, that they'll have their final home game to decide, you know, whether or not they go bowling. I don't think a lot of people would have believed that at the beginning of this year, coming off such a, a, a poor showing in 2016. So these these kids are excited, and, and, and there's a lot of confidence. You know, you got a guy like Saquon Hampton coming back, and, and they're, they're playing with confidence. I mean, there's there's every team has injuries, so there's guys with some bumps and bruises. But um, I, I think you're going to see a team come out fired up against Indiana. And if they can, um, you know, find a way to win that game, it'll be an interesting final game uh, on Thanksgiving weekend. Let's turn it over to hoops. I'm excited about Rutgers basketball. I know a lot of other people who I went to college with and who are on the message board at ScarletNation.com are excited about Rutgers basketball. It seems like they finally have their man who's going to turn this program around. Obviously not the strongest opponents to start the season, but Rutgers is undefeated in the early going, has shown some good things. Bobby, what have you seen from the team right now that you like, and you know what, what are some question marks that hang over as you look ahead? Well, you know, this is a team that's not you know, equipped with great shooters. Uh, you're not going to see guys knocking down threes you know, from beginning to end. It's a team that thrives on, on playing tough defense, from playing you know, smart basketball, from 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 being a gritty team, so to speak, um, and you know it, they're fun to watch because you know they they, they defend well, and, and that's what Steve Peichel's really built it around. Uh, he plays to his strengths, and I've seen improvement from some guys in just the first three games from year one to year two. A guy like Issa Cham came out, you know, leading scorer two of the three games. Uh, you didn't see that as much last year, and uh, Eugene Omarui um, comes out and, and just does a little bit of everything. You can see his game elevated. A little bit, you know, um, from last year. Geo Baker coming in as a true freshman. He, he's an exciting player. I think he's going to have a very nice career at Rutgers. So um, you're seeing the progression, and, and you see a tough team that plays hard. Um, like I said, that it's not going to be a team that knocks down 23 pointers a night, but uh, it's a team that, that plays uh, very solid, tough, hard-nosed basketball. And, and you know, in this day and age, when you watch a lot of pro games, you see them, you know, just shooting from the outside. It's not a real uh, defensive or physical game. You come to watch a game like Rutgers, and, and you see that. You see that physicality. You see that toughness, and it, it's kind of refreshing to watch. It's nice to see also when you watch Rutgers play last season and into this season, when they go into the locker room at the half, you know that a well-coached team is going to come out the second half of the game. You know if they have a down game, the following game, they're going to be sharper. It's They seem to be well-coached. I know there's been years past where I felt all the other teams in the league were getting better as the year went on, and I felt like Rutgers was just standing still. Since Coach Peichel has come here, I've never felt that. Have you gotten that same impression? Yeah, and you really you make a great point because you saw that from Game 2 to Game 3 this year. Game 2 played Central Connecticut State 
who is not one of the best teams, you know, in Division One, but they are a little improved from last year. But, you know, Rutgers just had a, an off night. They came out a little flat. Their defense wasn't usually uh, where it is. Uh, their shots were rimming out. So, you know, they only won by four points. And what do they do two days later? They come out against Cleveland State, not the best opponents, but they just bury them by, you know, uh, the final was um, 70 to 38. Uh, so, you know, you see that from game two to three. Like, they didn't play their best game, so they said, you know, we're going to regroup and come out and just dominate. And they did that. And I think that's important to see. You know, when you play those opponents you should beat, you beat them handily, commanding, and, and without question. And, and they did that the other night. And I think you're going to see more of that through this early season schedule against some of these weaker teams, which I think is a good learning experience when you have a young team. Yeah, I was going to ask you about those weaker teams. Mm-hmm. Last year... I think a good high school team could have beaten some of the teams on Rutgers. <laughs> well, what do you think about that style of scheduling? Do you think it's good for building the confidence and giving a young team an opportunity to grow, or do you wish they went out there and hit some harder teams in the early going? Well, I think you have to put it in perspective by looking at conference play. You know, they play a very tough conference schedule, so I think it makes sense to to get some easy wins on there. And you know what? It, let's be honest. It looks better for the program. It looks better for recruiting. I mean, that first game they could have done without that this CCNY, it was, you know, division three school. I mean, that, that I, look, schedule a, a smaller D one school for that game. But that point aside, I mean, you still have, you know, you're playing Florida state, uh, you're playing Seton hall at a conference. So you have a couple games that are tough, but I, I'm not going to really uh, say anything uh, derogatory against that because you have such a tough schedule in the Big Ten. You're going to need some wins somewhere, and you're going to need to grow this team, develop some confidence, and work out some kinks so they can do that early on. And then, you know, it's really going to get tough in the Big Ten uh, conference. And I think until Rutgers establishes a, a team where it can compete with teams on a consistent basis, at a, a teams at a very high level, I think you'll see this early season schedule. I don't think when Steve Heichel has a team it is able to compete with these the Florida States and those, you know, the ACC teams, even the middle of the pack ACC teams. I think you'll see the schedule improve. But for now, it's a great way to build a program to generate wins and to change perception and culture as well. What do you see as the ceiling for this team this year? I, you know, it's tough to say. I mean, it's a long season, but I, I don't think you're, you're, you're going to see the NCAA tournament just yet. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think this team can get over the hump. They can they can be a, a team that wins more than it goes over five hundred. You know, um, you know, win here, win or there. I'm not going to give uh, predictions on on uh, you know final record, but I think this is a team that could improve from last year. They're a little limited, like I said, from the off- on the offensive end with the scoring. But I think you're going to see a team compete better against those big teams. You're going to see them win a few more Big Ten games, and you're just going to see a, a solid product. I, I think Steve Peichel's really got it going in the right direction. All right, Bobby. Well, we're going to end it right there. I'm glad to be back on the airwaves here with you. I uh, hope we, this works out as we try our new podcasting platform here. And, of course, we'll have many, many more. So, folks, I want to thank you all for listening. As always, come to ScarletNation.com. Talk to us on the message boards. Check out our content. We love delivering that content to you. We love chatting with you. So make sure that you register. Get a screen name. We have a free basketball message board, a free football message board. For those of you who want to up the ante a little bit and get even closer to the program, We have a message board called The Roundtable. That's where Bobby, myself, Sean, Richie, and everybody else who works to help make Scarlet Nation 
Facebook.com, a great place. That's where we all hang out, answer questions, interact with the fans, and we'd love to see you there. So till the next time, thank you so much, and we'll see you soon.